You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. So this is week four of six weeks in uh, topic of relationships and in particular marriages. Studies have shown through the years just how valuable relationships are. Children who lost their parents were observed over a length of time. For any significant behavioral concerns, just general well-being, you know what they discovered? And this probably comes as no surprise, that for children to grow up healthy, emotionally, physically, relationally healthy, they needed loving contact to be loved and, and hugged on and made to feel safe. And ultimately, we as Christians know that it's not just food and air and water and shelter that we need. We need relationships. And this starts with the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is three persons in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What that means is that by nature, God is relational. Our God is relational. He has eternal relationships in and of himself. And the Bible says that unlike lower living things, plants and animals, that God made us in his image and likeness. So what that means is that God made us for relationships. So we're made to have a relationship with God and then we're made to have relationships with one another. So we are built for relationships. We require relationships. And we venture out and we seek to have a relationship with someone. And when that doesn't go so well, to protect ourselves, we isolate and withdraw and retreat. And then we find ourselves in a place that's unhappy, unhealthy, and sometimes even unholy. So maybe we venture back out into relationships. You know, we live in a world that has plenty of relationships, but hardly any relationship training. But ultimately, God's word speaks a lot to relationships. And the mark of God's intent for us is that we would love him and love each other, that we would have a healthy, life-giving relationship with God through Christ, and that that relationship would set for us a model and precedent for the relationship that we have with others that is also life-giving. With that being said, I'm going to share with you three categories today. Three categories of people in the Bible. Evil people, foolish people, and wise people. Evil people live by the power of the demonic and they do great evil. Foolish people live by the power of the flesh and they cause a lot of drama. And wise people live by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they become increasingly more like Jesus throughout the course of their life. Now, let me say this about these three categories. Number one, no one is wise in every area of life, which means that there are some areas in which we are all unwise. So there are things that I need to work on. There are areas that I need to lean into and learn and grow. Number two, 
These categories are not static. You can be an evil person who meets the Lord Jesus, has your sins forgiven, and then becomes a wise person. And number three, these categories are for you, not for them. Because here's what evil and foolish people do. They come to the sermon and they realize like, wow, they needed to hear that. So don't come away saying, man, I am so glad we're at Benton Heights so that you can hear what Pastor Paul had to say. So let's start with the first of these three categories, evil people. And let me give you some examples from both Old and New Testaments. We'll start with Psalm 34, verse 16. But the face of the Lord is against those who are evil. It's important to understand this category and include this category in our discussion because some people are like, you can't say that some things are wrong. Yes, we can. And we have to. When certain things happen that are evil, we made in the image and likeness of God, there's something about us internally, even if we have this ideology that there are no absolutes, that there are still some things that are right and wrong. An adult harms a child, that's evil. We need to keep a category of evil because God keeps a category of evil. Another verse, Proverbs 4, 14. Do not set your foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. What he's saying is if someone is evil and wicked and they're walking toward destruction and death and devastation, don't go with them. Hey, I thought you were my friend. You know, I'd love to be your friend, but I can't go where you're going. I can't do what you're doing. I can't say what you're saying. If you go there, you go there alone because I'm trying to live my life in a relationship with the Lord Jesus and I'm not going to walk away from him to walk with you. And this is hard when it's family or a longtime friend. But if they're going toward evil because you love them, beg them to turn around, but don't walk with them. The New Testament talks about this as well. Philippians 3, verse 2. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers. How many of you grew up in the neighborhood with that dog? For us growing up, two houses down was this chain link fence around the entire property. And they had a dog that if you were to walk by, ride your bike past, that dog would jump at the fence, teeth showing, growling, barking, drooling. If they could get out and eat you, they would. And what the Apostle Paul is saying in this word from Philippians is that some people are like that. And in the context here in Philippians, he's talking about religious people. Sometimes we think wrongly that all the dangerous people are out there and all the safe people are in here. That's not always the way it works. In fact, Jesus had 12 guys and one of them was evil. Jesus had Judas in the inner circle. 
And here the Apostle Paul is talking about religious people who are self-righteous, who would do nothing but bite and devour. You see, it's very interesting when the Lord Jesus shows up because he is the wisest person ever in the history of the world. And fools showed up to argue with him, and we do that on a number of occasions. And evil people showed up to oppose Jesus to try to destroy him. And the people who tried to destroy Jesus were actually very devout religious people. Stated earlier, evil people live by the power of the demonic. Foolish people live by the power of the flesh. Wise people live by the power of the spirit. So if you're a person bent on doing evil, Satan will help you. And these people become very powerful and very dangerous. They've been tormented, so they want to torment others. They may have been harmed, and they want to harm others. And quite often, they work through fear, intimidation, threats, demands. Like, you do what I say, or you're going to have to pay. It's threatening, domineering through fear. And these are not people who have empathy. They're not going to come up to you and say, well, how does that make you feel? I'm sorry, how did that affect you? Or how can I do better next time? No, it's always I win, you lose. So what do you do with evil people? What have we just read? Do not walk in their path. Do not enter into their way. It means clear boundaries and distance. You cannot let an evil person in close because they will see it as an opportunity to destroy you. So there is a small percentage of people that this describes, but you need to know that there are people who are evil. I've been a pastor for 32 years. And one of the most disarming experiences was with a woman years ago, another church, another state, who did everything she could to undermine and derail almost every ministry in the church. And she had others helping her. What did we just read? Do not walk in their path. Do not enter into their way. That's evil. I've counseled women whose husbands, whose husbands deliberately make their life and their children's lives miserable. That's evil. What do you do with someone who's evil? You get distance. An evil person is beyond your help. Now, I didn't say that they were beyond help. They need God's help and they need the help of a professional. That's where an attorney, a therapist, a rehabilitation program, the professionals need to get involved because this is someone who is not going to listen. They need someone in authority over them so that they can specialize in what they're going through. Some of you want to be rescuers. You want to be saviors. You're like, I can fix them. No, they can destroy you. So let the professionals deal with them and let God handle them and deal with them. Second category, foolish people. Okay, foolish people, quit looking at your phone and listen to me. (laughs) 
Foolish people live by the power of the flesh. So in the Old Testament, foolish people are called fools. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, but especially Proverbs. So Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You, you say, I don't want to be a fool. How do I be wise? God first. Fear or reverence, that's a recognition. That's an a, a acknowledgement that God has to be first. So it's not what do I think, it's what does he think. Not what do I want, but what does he want? That I live my life by seeking to live in light of God's will and God's word. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools don't want to hear. Fools don't want to listen. Fools don't want to learn. Fools don't want to change. They want to argue. And they make it like it's everybody else's fault. In the New Testament, when it talks about foolish people, it uses a synonym of flesh. The flesh is the internal disposition of rebellion. Have you ever done something and then immediately you're like, oh, what was I thinking? That's the flesh. So there's a little test. Am I living out of the flesh? Here's the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, that's anything outside of the marriage between one man and one woman. Impurity, debauchery. Synonyms for debauchery are depravity, perversion, having a base mind. Idolatry, which is something or someone in the center of your life instead of where God should be. Witchcraft, which is some sort of spirituality. Hatred, discord, so there's conflict. Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, that's division. And envy, you really are upset when something good happens to somebody else. Drunkenness, orgies, which is all kind of sexual sins. And some of you are like, oh, good, I wasn't on the list. But the Paul, Paul says, etc. at the end. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the foolish faith. Foolish flesh, sorry. First of all, foolish people are not dumb. They just act dumb when it suits them. So they're not dumb, they're manipulative. A foolish, a foolish person will never accept reality. They want to argue about reality. Well, that was mean. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You're just too sensitive. It's your problem. Or you can say to them, you know what? If you have an Edo's diet, it's not going to be healthy for you. You know what that is? Fritos, Cheetos, Doritos. <laughs> They're going to say, well, I disagree with you. In addition, when it comes to foolish people, they oftentimes see themselves as a victim. It's when we find a way to excuse ourselves and turn ourselves into a victim so that others have sympathy toward us. Here's the truth. Your future is not determined by your past. 
Your future is determined by how you respond to your past. It would be like two kids growing up in the same difficult circumstances. One responds foolishly, one responds wisely. One uses it to grow and mature and help others in a similar situation. The other uses it to excuse their sin and continue in it for years to come. They both had the same experience, but they respond to it differently. Foolish people always want to turn themselves into the victim to excuse their behavior. See, evil people go backwards. Foolish people are stuck. Evil people can har- will harm intentionally. Most often, foolish people harm unintentionally. Like, I, I wasn't trying to hurt you. I just wasn't thinking of you. And so my decision did hurt you. Now, here's the danger When we're with foolish people, they're fun, they're carefree and irresponsible and don't think about consequences. They're not worried about tomorrow. So sometimes we endure foolish people because they're fun to experience, but here's what they do. Foolish people will eventually allow things to continue until it reaches a crisis. They don't pay their bills until they're homeless. They don't find a job until they're bankrupt. They don't seek help until it's too late in in marriage. And what they learn is, if I just avoid all my responsibilities until there's this mushroom cloud over my life, then all the responsible people will come to my aid, like the fire department showing up to put out my fire, and then they will go away and I'll continue to slide into my folly until the next crisis comes along. So let me ask you, is there any area in your life in which you are being foolish or trending toward foolishness? If we're honest, I think we'd all have to say, yeah. So what do you do with a foolish person? Boundaries, consequences, encourage them toward wise behavior. So sometimes what a foolish person will ask is, can you fix it? Like, can can you save my marriage? No, but I can meet with you and your spouse. I can resource you. And by the way, here's a plug for an upcoming uh, men's study. If you want, as a man, to be involved in a men's Bible study on Sunday mornings, it's going to start September 10th. It's going to be during the Sunday school hour. You want to draw in closer to the Lord You want to learn how to do devotionals? You want to be a better, godly husband, father? You want to learn God's way how to handle difficult moments and stress in your finances and more? Then be a part of this with us. Every man a warrior is what it's called. You can go to our our website, bhpres.org. It's on the bulletin. You'll see the website just... Just Google Benton Heights Presbyterian Church. The website will come up, and it's there. You can just click on that link and sign in. Additionally, a foolish person might ask, could you bail me out of this really difficult situation? Well, I'm I'm not Jesus, but did you read the Bible and pray? Do you do that? No. 
Did you put yourself in that difficult situation because of bad decisions and behaviors? Yes. Then you got to take responsibility. There may be some unpleasant consequences, but lean into God for wisdom. He'll bring the right people. But you can get through this. Foolish people sometimes still act like they're a kid. Again, the Apostle Paul, this is 1 Corinthians. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Foolish people sometimes act like they are still a child and they throw a tantrum and pitch a fit until someone comes along and changes them. You're an adult. It's time to act like an adult and have adult responsibilities. Look, you love foolish people by helping them not be foolish. Because if someone is foolish, not only are they hurting themselves, they're hurting others, and out of love for them and all of those involved, encourage them toward wisdom. That's really what love is. Love is not codependency. Love is not enabling. Love is not tolerating. It is not excusing. Love is helping. And that's ultimately what wisdom is. And again, none of us can say that we are wise all the time. But here's what the Bible has to say about wise people. So this is the third category. Remember, foolish people live by the flesh. Wise people live by the spirit. Romans 8. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If you believe in Jesus, you can put your sin and your folly to death. You don't need to tolerate it. You don't need to excuse it. You can crucify it. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. What he's saying is this. When you become a Christian, Jesus forgives your sin and folly. He gives you the Father, and he places in you the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus live his life? How did he have wisdom? How did he have obedience? How did he say no to every temptation? How does he do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, and we have a relationship with God, and then we bring the wisdom of God into our relationships with one another. So here's the good news. You can grow in wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that takes place as you open the Bible and and read it and study it. As you pray, as you meet with and speak to and are in uh, maybe other Bible studies with godly people. Now, what does this look like in a life? I want to quote Jesus who quotes Isaiah. So 700 years before Jesus entered human history, it was prophesied and predicted, promised that when Jesus began his public ministry, he went into a synagogue and he opened up the scriptures It happened to be in Isaiah, in chapter 61, and he reads this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. That's Jesus saying that. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And after he had finished, he told them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
Jesus lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's one thing to look at Jesus and say, well, yeah, he's a great example, but he's God. I can't do that. Jesus says, actually, I live by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I give you the Holy Spirit. You can follow my life. You and I have a choice to make. Do I want to live an evil life? If so, Satan is right there to help me. Do I want to live a foolish life where I'm just sort of reckless and out of control and not considering others? Or do I want to live a life of wisdom? That I need to confess any sin and folly to Jesus, receive his forgiveness, receive the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit, live with the Bible open, Be in a conversational prayer time with God and seek wise counsel from others. And and let me say this about wise people. First, don't judge wise people by where they are, but where they started. You may be like, you know, they became a Christian five years ago. Shouldn't they be further along? No. Look at where they started their walk. Maybe they came from an unbelieving home or an abusive background, or all kinds of addiction, and they've made progress, so let's celebrate that. Some of us were born into Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, helpful, healthy homes, and we haven't progressed any further than when we left those homes. You're kind of where you were when you were still with your parents. So don't judge by where they are but by where they started and how far they've come. Are they going backwards? That's evil. Are they stuck? That's foolish. Are they making progress? That's wise. And let me say this. Wisdom is not the same as intelligence. There are some really smart people who are really evil. So what we're seeing is that wise people are humble and teachable. Foolish people listen to everybody. They're like, man, I, I just asked 35 people. I got 35 different opinions. I don't know what to do. Right. And evil people, they don't listen to anyone. So here's what two wise people do in a relationship. Hey, I, I, I'm really struggling with this situation. Can you pray for me? Yes. And I'm really struggling with this situation. Can you pray with me? You know, I was reading the Bible, and I I came across this, and I want to share this with you. Thanks. That's really helpful. So when two people are being more like Jesus, that's when you know it's a healthy, life-giving relationship. So ask yourself, am I primarily evil, foolish, or wise? Who do I choose for friendships and relationships? People who are evil and they will just help me do what I want to do? Foolish people who will let me get away with it? Or wise people who help me want to grow? And last point, if you're married, you need to agree on who those people are that you will let into your life. That way you're safe, your marriage is safe, And you are pursuing safe, healthy people 
so that you can grow in wisdom. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.